We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You asked us 21 questions. Some of them are about the Chiefs. What's up, everybody? Ken Swanson. This is 21 questions. Subscribers asking questions, us answering them. Thank you for uh, for listening, and, and thank you to all of our subscribers over at KC Sports Network uh, for supporting us, for asking wonderful questions. If you want to, you can go to kcsn.substack.com. You can sign up there. You could also, if you would like, uh, you could go to gum.co slash kcsn22. You could... You could purchase the uh, or pre-order the KCSN draft guide and get six months subscription to the Substack as well. So there's a couple options for you to jump in on the fun. And I'm excited to be jumping in on the fun today with uh, celebrity game participant, soccer superstar, indoor soccer professional, Tucker Franklin. Buddy, this is a big week for you. It is a big week. We we had we even had to bump up the recording a little behind the curtain. We had to bump up the recording of this of this here podcast because I'm gonna be busy on Friday night. Friday night at seven p.m. is when the Comets kick off against the Dallas Sidekicks at Cable Domarine and get tickets for that Ticketmaster. But at halftime, the real show begins because that's when uh, the celebrity game kicks off. I am on the blue team with Team Serrano. Uh, Jordan Foote, also a good friend of mine and, and a good friend of ours as well, uh, is going to be on my team. Got all the 810 guys on the team. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. I didn't know I got to fall into the celebrity category, so it feels kind of good. It's, it's a good little ego boost, right, when it comes to when you get an invite to a celebrity game. All I do is chug seltzers on tiktok and they said this guy's a celebrity so, <laughs> i guess it worked tucker i we need you to do a tiktok we need you to do oh, one yeah. from like honestly just carry your phone and just like it doesn't even have to be a quality like just just like a bird's eye view of what you're seeing just like just play the game through the phone it'll be great there's no way that ends badly for you no and especially if i get like I'm I've like already convinced myself I'm scoring at least one goal. Like I only I haven't played soccer since fourth grade, and I'm like I'm scoring a goal. Like I'm 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 shooting for the net every time I touch the ball. And like it's every opportunity I don't take is a wasted opportunity, and I'm not here to waste an opportunity. So I, I am gonna I'm gonna milk this for as much content as we get. Hey, the comments Twitter account even said they bought 96 seltzers uh, for the for the VIP suite that we're in. So kind of stoked about that. Oh my. You're gonna you're gonna yeah. be giving a lot of ratings. 
Let's hope I haven't tried them before. I have this, oh, the stipulation. That is the stipulation. All right, let's jump mm -hmm. into some of the questions. Uh, we actually got a uh, form submission from, uh, from I believe, the website. So shout out to Ooh. David Borland for asking this question. Uh, then we'll get to the questions on the Discord. Normally, where where we answer the questions is on the uh, on the KCSN Discord. You get access to the KCSN Discord when you subscribe. Uh, so it's a really fun community and fun environment. That's where a lot of the questions are. But David Borland uh, emailed in and said uh, he has a he has an idea for changing offensive or overtime rules. And uh, the NFL will soon look at several proposals to change OT rules to be more fair. I think one reason they like sudden death and don't like the college rule is that they want the extra overtime period to be as short as possible. This increases excitement and reduces the risk of injury for players. What about a rule that encourages coaches to avoid overtime? Most coaches will elect to tie the game with an extra point rather than go for two. They avoid putting all the risk on one play, and they think the percentages are with them or at least even. So add this rule. The team that scored last in regulation is first on, def uh, first on defense uh, first in overtime. So they are on defense first in overtime. Yeah. Uh, that might shift the calculations and avoid overtime as much as possible. What do you think? Would it work? And would you like it? What do you think, Tucker? Mm, that's a really interesting rule. And I think that would, it, there's more of a chess pass that comes into it, right? When you, when you add something like that, that's really interesting. And, and one of the things when it comes to overtime rules, I think a lot of the rules are there for player safety. Uh, I know that's kind of what the, the, defense was behind the sudden death is okay these guys just played four quarters we're not going to make them play another half of football um and i and i think that's kind of like the big argument for for any other sports really when it comes to to overtime when the ncaa shortened their overtime to three overtimes and try two point conversions it was a player safety issue so i think that's something that you, that that really comes down the larger discussion behind these overtime rules is a player safety thing. Uh, when these guys are playing for so long at such a high level, you got to watch out for that. But I do enjoy the the strategy in that rule. I, I think that that's that's what I like the most about that. Yeah, yeah. I think it be. I, I think it would change the calculus a little bit. I don't know if it would move the needle drastically because I still think some coaches would coach scared and still just prefer to yeah. to to take it to overtime still so like i still think you would see a lot of teams that would still be willing to play it safe uh in that situation um but there might be a little few more instances where teams are a little bit more willing to uh you know try to try to be aggressive you know maybe that's i, I don't know if this i don't know if this this actually benefits the chiefs like i think this would really hurt the chiefs potentially because i think one of the chiefs are one of those teams that teams tend to be a little bit more aggressive uh and they'd rather not leave it up a, to a 50 50 chance uh you know very often so if it's a hundred percent chance you're starting without the football uh that's yeah that i mean there, there's some situations that certainly helps i don't know if it does across the board though all right nick deal asks uh from the discord the majority of national mock drafts i've seen have dax hill mocked mocked to kansas city at 30 that's the best case matthew is moving on how would Hill's style of play help cover the void left by tyron matthew and is Hill the best draft option, or that, or, or would that be uh, Jalen Petrie, Jaquan Brisker? I think I look. I think Daxon Hill is the best fit if, of all those guys you listed, and I think Daxon Hill has a really nice skill set that would fit in wonderfully in Kansas City. Good as a slot defender, willing tackler, um, can play you know in a deep alignment. There's a he's a versatile guy, and I think there is some crossover and some carryover to what Tyron Matthew does. Um, I do think he's the best fit of all the guys that you listed. Um, and I, you know what, 
depending on how this whole offseason shakes out, don't know if I hate it. I, I, I don't know if I hate that idea. Uh, Derek asks, is there such a thing as a hot hand when it comes to the draft? The Chiefs had arguably the best draft last year, and I'm hoping that the front office runs it back with this draft. I hope there is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm right there with there. I hope there is such thing as a hot hand. That was Brett Veach's best draft. I don't I don't even know if that's really up for discussion. I think the rookie class, there's something that the Chiefs tweeted out an article-wise saying that like they're the highest-rated rookie class last year. Uh, they hit some home runs with Creed Humphrey. Trey Smith was an absolute banger of a pick in the sixth round. That dude had round two talent all over him. Uh, it was just his medicals, and the Chiefs were able to clear that. They had got a good guy right there. Nick Bolton comes in. He contributes right away. You love to see that from a second-round guy who's able to make an impact. And, and I think that really overall i knew we didn't talk a whole lot about cornell powell but i don't think a lot of people anticipated cornell powell coming to be a real game changer i think i'm excited to see what he has to do in, in this offense but if you can hit on over half of your draft picks that that's a good draft and really that's kind of what we're hoping for in, in the chiefs drafts really from here on in the patrick mahomes era is that they really get hit on these young guys it's tricky um the chiefs nailed this draft and I, this statement is not in any way, shape, or form to take away what the Chiefs did because they nailed the picks that they made. However, I think there are some positions that are trickier to get the kind of impact from a positional value perspective. So, you know, the Chiefs aren't going to just be able to draft a linebacker, a interior, two interior offensive linemen every year. They can't hit, you know, on those two players any more than they already have because they're probably not making investments at those positions. So, you know, it's harder to hit on wide receiver. It's harder to hit um, on corner. You know, it's harder to hit on some of these positions, uh, especially since, you know, like from an impact perspective, you know, those positions from a positional value perspective, um, they, they haven't hit on necessarily those guys. So it's, you know, you hope that they're going to be able to continue uh, to, to land some dudes here. Um, and they did an outstanding job this last draft. But I mean, you know, like I, I think, you know, some of the positions that they might be hunting this year are a little trickier. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to watch. Just DRK asks, what ways can this team generate more explosive plays? Um, I think it's, it's tricky because there's only so much this team is going to be able to do. If teams are going to be, you know, sitting in soft coverage and, and really trying to keep a lid on this thing. Um, you know, I think the, there's only so much you can do with run throughs, you know, like I think the chiefs really tried to get Tyree kill underneath a lot more, just put the ball in his hands and hope something good happens. And you know, that's not really a, a way to consistently generate a ton of explosives on the short to intermediate. Um, I do think uh, I, I just DRK kind of mentioned some 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 jump ball kind of type throws. You know, you could probably see a little bit of that, some rail shots. Um, you know, if they're going to sit and cover two, you throw down the sideline um, and, and maybe you get a bigger body guy that can kind of win in those areas a little bit more to try to help generate more explosive plays. But, um, you know, I, I think this team just needs to be more efficient because teams are playing them differently and they are forcing them to drive down the field. They got to run the ball better. I mean, you might just have to live with nine yard gains, eight yard gains, a bunch of them, uh, and and just deal with the fact that you're not going to get to you know stretch the defense the same way that you were hoping to. You got anything else to add to that, Tuck? I, I just think adding another weapon would be really useful, especially a receiving weapon. I think that that can kind of open up a whole a whole lot. You know, when you talk about Sammy Watkins, uh, going back to those teams, having him just on the field, just another presence that defenses have to say, yeah, we should probably put a guy over here. Um, and they don't have to, you know, just sit on either Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. I think that'll just open things up huge. But I think that that's kind of, you know, feeding a fed horse at this point. Feeding a fed horse, he says. Look at this man. All right. 
booth, headset, and sideline for the offensive and defensive coaching staff, Tucker. <laughs> just do just do offense. Booth, headset, sideline. Go. Okay, I think you gotta put I think you gotta put Andy Reid on the sideline. Um I assume he's put in here. Um, especially offense. I like to consider him. Uh booth, I think I think you gotta put Nagy in the booth and be and me on the sideline. I think that's kind of how you do it. Yeah, that's a good game. I like that. <laughs> that was fun. Uh <laughs> Kay Gumminger asks a question. Uh our guy, which draft prospect would be better in 2012? Uh than modern 2022 draft mm. i love this question this is an interesting mm. one so there's a there's a couple backs i think that probably you know fit that um that you know maybe they're like um uh let me think there's a couple backs honestly um the clint guy from uh, northern illinois i can't pronounce his last name it's like rakovich or something rakovich? like that wow. yes that dude i, I love there. that dude I, I love was going, that dude, though. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go with like a Kenneth Walker. Uh, oh, yeah. Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. I think he'd probably go in the top five picks because he's such a good runner. He is the best mm-hmm. runner in this class, the running back out of Michigan State. Um, he's a guy that, you know, the, the passing skill is not necessarily like, you know, it's not really his best trait. But as a runner, as a pure runner, he's outstanding. And he's probably one of the... He is the best runner, probably pure runner in this class. So there's there's a guy. There's a lot of nose tackles this year, um, a lot of big body nose tackles. I think we talked a little bit about like Noah Ellis uh, earlier this week. Just these massive monsters that just sit in the middle of a defense, and if you're playing base and you just sit out there and just you know you, you just occupy a gap. There's a couple guys there, but like there like I think that there's there's some runners. There's some runners in the running back class for sure. Um, all right, just DRK. Are the Chiefs going to draft Marcus Jones just because of Dave Taub? <laughs> That's a good I one. Mean, uh, you, did you do the video on? Did you do the Marcus Jones video or was that BJ? I uh, know BJ did that one. BJ is big <laughs> fan. Big I, fan of Marcus Jones. He loves Marcus Jones. Uh-huh, like, abs- uh-huh. He absolutely loves Marcus Jones. If you guys don't know, he's, the, he's a Houston cornerback. I believe he won. I think it was the Paul Horning Award is the name of the of the award. Yeah, I think so. uh, yeah. as the most as the most versatile like player in uh in college football because he um he returned kicks he was a defensive player he was he played on offense a little bit like he did yeah. absolutely everything for this football team i don't it wasn't the paul horning award uh award winner uh i'm oh i'm gonna we're gonna, we're gonna live look this up uh Uh-oh. live look up Let's see here. Marcus Jones. Oh, it was the Paul Horning. I was right. Sorry. I, I was right. My bad. Yeah, he won it. For, it was the, I, I thought I was right, but I, I double checked it. Yeah. So he was like, it's like the most versatile player in football, in college football. So it's incredible. Um, Go on. It is. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I shudder to think we, that they, they take him just because of Dave Toe, but let's go. Listen. Hey, uh, fish, fish asks every single time the Chiefs add a wide receiver. Or we talk about a young Chiefs wide receiver. It's mentioned that the Chiefs offense is notoriously hard to learn for receivers. Is it maybe too complicated if it's such a big issue that it gets mentioned this much? What do you think, Tuck? That's interesting to talk about. It's like one of one of the things. Like, do you blame the player or do you blame the player? Or the play blame the game. You know, kind of type of chicken or the egg type situation. I don't think so because we've seen receivers thrive in it. Tyreek Hill is it one of those? I mean, Sammy Watkins. Uh, they all got big paydays. Uh, who was the receiver that Patrick Mahomes gave a, a good payday to? Uh, Albert Wilson. 
Albert Wilson. I mean, come on. Guys have gotten big paydays out of this offense, so I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing that it's hard to get. Um, I I would actually argue that it's a good thing that it's kind of hard to get. It kind of uh, it kind of is like a natural selection type of situation. Yeah, it's 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 a tough learning curve, but I think the Chiefs ultimately figure some things out towards the end on how to utilize some of these guys. Like that's like like McCall Hardman's skill set's very like you know very specific, but they yes. found some ways to use him early in the year because he was stretching down the field, and the teams really didn't do a great job of taking it away. And you know they've kind of settled into some gadget stuff that's been able to get him integrated and, and, and got him integrated pretty quickly. Uh, old KR asked if the Chiefs run fewer RPOs, what would you like to see added to replace those snaps? Well, I'd like to see a more diversified run scheme. You know, we've talked about the you know the gap stuff, and I think the Chiefs need to run a little bit of that more uh, and more you know just designed runs out of that. And yeah, obviously you gotta get some drop back, you gotta get some quick game um, because the Chiefs. I mean, like um, a lot of the Chiefs' quick game, you know, is built with that RPO, with those glance routes, those slants routes, those slant routes, hitches. You know, a lot of their quick game is just attached to a run play. So if you're going to get, you know, you're going to take away some RPOs, you're probably going to integrate a little bit more quick game. Uh, you're going to integrate uh, a little bit more run. Uh, and and maybe they diversify the, the blocking and add some add some layers there. I don't think that's a bad idea. Uh, Grayson Jaspers asks, would you rather the Chiefs re-sign Kyle Long or Mike Remmers? Ooh! What do you think, Tuck? Listen, I... I'm a Mike Rimmer stan. Like I'm a big fan of Mike Rimmer's and the versatility that he has. Listen, I know he had a hard time playing. Did he go to left tackle in the Super Bowl? I know we don't like to talk about that, but like the dude played pretty solid right tackle pretty much all year when he wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't expecting to really play. He played pretty good. He played good when he was in this season. I like Mike Rimmer's, uh, and I think I don't know the age. I don't know their ages off the top of my head. I know Mike Rimmer's isn't young by any stretch of the means, but um, I think he's younger than Kyle Long. Um, but I could be wrong with that. I know I know that Kyle Longs just have a lot of injuries, so maybe in my head I think Kyle Long's older. I think but they're I could, like I right around the wrong. same age. If no, like Kyle Long's thirty three, Mike Remmers is thirty two. Okay, so yeah. it's it's the injury history that I don't really love with with Kyle Long. Um, did he get on the field this year for the Chiefs? I don't know. No. Did he take a nope. snap that nope. have any relevance? Okay. Um, so I, I like rumors. I do. I always have. And, and I think that, that I might be biased in that. But I just think he's just the versatility and just better overall. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. 
Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, Grayson Jaspers also asks, who got the most draft picks right last year? Um, okay, so what we do every year is we do a draft pool of 10 players, uh, the, 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 the draft show that we've done last few years. We'll take each, we each get 10 players that we think will just be drafted by the Chiefs, just period. And we pick 40 of them. And there's different strategies like I, Maddie will go like really heavy at one specific position and hope to just land one. Like there's a lot of different strategies you can take. You can maybe guess maybe the ranges that you see the Chiefs, like the pockets, you know, I, you know, like you could load up on tight ends and stuff last, you know, uh, you could load up on, you know, like on a pocket. Of, like there's just all these different varying strategies that kind of, you know, show up whenever we do this, this thing. Um, and I think Maddie, Jake, and I have all won one each. I'm pretty sure I got two right two years ago. I think I got Clyde and maybe like Niang right last, you know, two years ago. Um, but I'm pretty sure Jake won it this year. So uh, it's 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 a fun game, and I, it's normally a podcast. You'll probably hear that podcast at some point um here during you know during the draft process uh let me see if i can find the draft pool real quick just see if i can tell you uh i'll look i'll look it up and i'll, I'll tell you exactly who we got right last year but it's a really really fun game uh that we we like to play um okay just drk what would you put the percentage chance at that this front office will try to add a defensive end who isn't a power player what do you think hmm percentage chance um that they won't this is kind of a this is a tricky tricky worded percentage chance that they won't do something right that they will just um, try to add a defensive end that's not just one of their power player spags kind of prototypes oh that's not gonna happen it's gonna be a spags type um i'm fully convinced that it's not that they're gonna have a spags type in there 100 of the time that's just how it is that's just how it be when you have it when you have a process you gotta stick to it yeah, I, I tend to think that that's probably the same. Yeah, it's hard for them to, to deviate. And, you know, if you're seeing a deviation, that's something to, pay, to kind of pay attention to. Like Mike Dana really didn't exactly fit the thresholds. And, you know, but that was like a, that was a late day three investment. Um, this team yeah. is very typically going to operate with long guys that are, I think, six, three or long or, you know, bigger, 255 pounds or heavier, um, way, you know, like they, they, they're big, dense, powerful type players, long arms, 34 inch arms. I mean, this is this is their mo, and this is the type of guy that they've added. So, um, I, I think that's. I feel like they're going to be sticking with that. Um, Zach Eisen asks, "I'm listening to Jeff Allen's Q and A right now, which you should listen to. It's on the uh, KCSN channel. He's talking about Nagy and Eb. He says stuff like Nagy is going to help Patrick get better. Unbelievable coach, and Nagy will help the passing game. Versus when he talks about Eb, he says something about the lines of leader of men, good with guys." I think it is something we as fans and outsiders have assumed, but to hear it from someone inside the building just confirms it. What exactly does EB bring to the table besides being in an administrative role? 
doesn't sound like it's schematic. And maybe the answer is he's just an administrative offensive coordinator. Um, you know, it's hard to kind of pin down the entire workings of that offense, but like we've kind of talked, like, I don't know if administrator is the right word, but there is something to be said about creating continuity and accountability throughout and, you know, a side of a football. And I think Eric Bienemy is a guy that's been able to help, um, you know, really, you know, do a lot to help organize that offense. And, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean he's, you know, this, he may not be the best, the, the, the best X's and O's guy, but being able to, you know, be consistent, create consistency structure to, you know, to a week, to a game plan, um, holding guys accountable, having guys ready, um, you know, those kind of things matter. And then on the field, like, I, I think you'll, you hear about, you know, sometimes some guys need to get checked, you know, it's, there's only certain, there's gotta be a level of trust that's built for someone to be able to check somebody. There's gotta be, you know, a good, a good dynamic, a good relationship for you guys to be able to have some healthy, um, you know, some, you know, some healthy, you know, debate, healthy, you know, kind of, you know, tension, you know, and I think Eric Bieniemy is a guy that has earned the respect of a lot of different people and has given himself the ability to communicate and be direct because they know where it's coming out of. It's coming out of a place of love. Nagy, I think he gets lauded a little bit more for his offensive creativity. And I think there's probably some credence, you know, there's just because everything in, in Chicago didn't work. I, you know, I think there were some, some issues and some blind spots there for sure, but they definitely still did some stuff creatively. Um, and you know, just different personalities. Jeff would be a guy that would know a lot better than all of us for sure, though. Uh, Grayson asks, do you feel safe saying the Chiefs will roster four tight ends again this year? Uh, what do you think, Tuck? Um, I don't know if I would feel safe in saying that, but I guess you have to think uh, maybe they do bring Blake Bell back just because he's the tight end that they like as tight end too. Uh, Noah Gray is going to be on that roster. That's three, but uh, Jody Fortson had a good showing early on. I, I'd like to see him be on this roster. So I, I guess there's a possibility, I, but they could not bring Blake Bell back, right? And Jody Fortson then turns into that number two tight end, which doesn't really fit the number two tight end mold that they really like. It, it'd be interesting to see how that how that all shakes out. I do think Jody Fortson's on this roster. I think. Uh, the the question the big question I think is is Blake Bell and whether he comes in uh, resigns because I believe he was only on a one year deal if I'm if if I'm right yeah he was on a one year deal uh and so that's gonna be that's gonna be mm-hmm. interesting uh Nick Deal asks a Tyreek Hill contract extension has been talked about as a way to for KC to create some cap for this season what do you project a Tyreek extension to look like money wise. Uh, I think, I don't know if he's getting, I don't know if he would get the DeAndre Hopkins deal. I mean, it's going to, it's going to be tricky, but I, man, you might have to, you might have to give him that $27 million APY, $28 million APY. Um, I, I, you, you're probably extending him for three years after this is my guess. So you've got, you know, four year deal here. Um, I think money guaranteed money wise, it's going to be interesting because, you know, this team, with the last couple contracts hasn't really guaranteed money as much as, you know, they've given themselves, they haven't put a lot of cash up front with these deals with Chris Jones, and the Mahomes deals. I don't know if that would be the same for Tyreek Hill. I kind of have a feeling he might want a little bit more in guaranteed money on this kind of deal. That's just pure speculation. Um, But I I do think he probably wants a little bit more um, cash. Um, So, I will say, I'll say it's probably, you know, we'll call it 20, we'll call it $27.5 million APY deal on a three-year deal, uh, three-year extension. 
Uh, I would anticipate maybe more guarantees than they gave Mahomes and Chris Jones. Um, you know, I, I don't want to spec maybe forty million dollars somewhere in that range is is my guess. Uh, Wes asks, "What's your protocol if you encounter encounter intelligent life not from this world? This is just you out on your own, and you run into something, or they run into you." <laughs> I have not given any thought to that before in my life until the question was just asked. Um, that is incredible. And I asked for no hard questions in the Discord. And I, why are people giving me hard questions? That's not fair. I think that I, I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know what I would do. It'd be one of those situations. You know how like you have those dreams and like where you where you go to talk but you can't talk. It might be one of those situations where I'm just like, what is going on? Fro but I'm not frozen. Talk. I think I'd freeze. Yeah. I think I'd freeze up. Like I honestly, yeah. I, I I I don't think you like. Okay, if you see something you've never seen in your entire life, it's making noises. It's silent. Whatever is whatever is happening, you like you don't like you're helpless. If you if you really run into one of those scenarios, you're helpless. I I I just don't know. I, I, I fight or flight. I'm not fighting it. I'm just I, I, fighting it. I'm, I'm maybe, but like maybe I'm just tensing up. I have no idea. Uh, Leighton, why? Any chance the Chiefs trade for Barkley? With the rumors going on, I doubt it. I just doubt it. I mean, that's a that's a tricky one. I would be a little bit surprised. I get you know Brett Veach loves to grab blue chip players. But there's so many issues on this roster that, like, if they were going to go and, you know, spend capital and, and the cap space required to to have Saquon Barley, Barkley, I just I, I don't know, man. I don't love I don't love that idea. Uh, it, it, he's a good football player, but he's also been like frequently hurt and very frequently. I don't know. What yeah. What do you think, Buck? Well, at first I thought Charles Barkley, and I thought that was weird. That was a weird question. I forgot <laughs> Saquon's last name was Barkley. I, I don't like it. Um, I, I'm in the camp, though, of like it doesn't matter who your running back is as long as you have a good offensive line. So like, if Daryl Williams can be a better running back than, than Saquon Barkley can be, and why do you need a Saquon Barkley? Yeah, Saquon Barkley is a freak of nature. You've seen that dude's quads? Like, the dude's insane. <laughs> that dude's a, it's, it's a large human being. But I listen. I, I don't think there's any there's any reason or any rationale to spend that kind of money when you're getting the same production from somebody who's cheaper, right? Yeah, that's my thought process. Seven million dollar cap it and draft cap or and, and draft capital. I don't like it. All right, Andy Nagel. Can Josh Gordon be more impactful next season? Was he just out of football and needs time to get back? It man, I I don't know. I I I I, I think he's cooked. I don't think this is going to be something where he's able to really step in and contribute. Uh, I think it's done. And I mean, it's, it's been a really difficult road for him and him coming back is just impressive enough, but I just don't see it. Uh, Wes asks, what's the best form of potato, French fried, tater tots, mashed, baked, et cetera. What is it? What do you think? Tuck? It's, it's mashed. I think it's mashed potatoes, but if you think about it, every potato is a mashed potato when you eat it. What? <laughs> Stop. It is though. Like I mean, you can't even argue with that. I the answer is fresh French fries. By the way, um, Mike Mike Denny asks, "What will the next deal, not the franchise tag, that you think the Chiefs' official Twitter will announce?" I I think it's Frank Clark's release. Yep, that's yep, that's what I was gonna say. Is that what you're thinking? Give me. A, do you have any yep. other ones you like? Um, not like that's a weird statement to make. It may yeah, not be something so, so. we love, but you know. 
that was on, that was honestly the next one that I think is going to come. Uh, maybe I don't know because Tyron Matthews is a free agent, so it's odd. So they can't like tweet like a farewell, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't know if there's any other cutting candidates besides those, besides Hitchens and Clark that we've literally talked about all season. Um, yeah. That I can even think about that would come next or come before even uh, an Orlando Brown tag. I think that honestly comes first. But mm. all right. Side armor 35. Do you think the coaching staff minus Bienemy is now locked in for the next three years? I don't see Nagy or Spags getting jobs anywhere anytime soon. It seems like the offensive coaching tree path Andy had going for a while has come to a screeching halt. No, I think there'll be some shakeup over the next three years. Uh, I think there will be some moves and some adjustments made. Um, and I, and I think, uh, I, I think there's one more year on the contract um, of some of these coaches. So, you know, they let Sam Madison out of his contract a little bit early. Brendan mm-hmm. Daly's moving positions, but he's only going to be here for another year before you kind of, you, you have to, you know, have another contract decision to make. So I do think there will be some shakeups. I mean, you saw some shakeups already. Joe Collins here in the mix. Um, yeah. And and that wasn't necessarily a move that the Chiefs had a spot for him right off the bat. So I, I do think that there are going to be some moves um, on the coaching staff and, and you know, maybe some, maybe some more drastic ones. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Grayson set the line for how many times Maddie has one one last thing when Kit is trying to wrap up the show, <laughs> and the other choose the over and under. Uh, okay, so if all right, so next episode, let's see here. I, you know, I, he does it like I honestly. If you get if you did it if you did it once a month, or if you if you if you had a month worth of shows, we'll do a month worth of shows. Set the over. I'm gonna set the over under at two and a half. Tucker, you're probably getting seven shows. Two and a half interruptions of the outro of the of the of the close. Oh, I'm hammering the over. I was thinking four and a half is the line. So, and I was prepared Ooh. to take the over on four and a half. He does it a lot. Like it, it's I, frequent, especially the Wednesday show. The Wednesday, or I guess Wednesday recording, but the Thursday show, it happens almost every week. I see. I think he's been a little bit better about it recently. Like yeah. the bits, yeah. the bits not as fun for him. Maybe I don't know, but like it does feel like it does feel like he's you know he's like at least slowed it down a little bit. But it's it, I can I just tell you it drives me nuts. Like it legit drives me nuts. I'm trying to get out of the show. I'm just like, bro, like let's just let's just have a clean break. Let's just get out of here nice and easy. Like what's wrong with it. that? He's Can't he's you know. Maddie's the youngest one of us. He's the biggest, strongest one of us. But like, he definitely acts like the little brother a lot of times. He kn- Listen, this is a, this is something I've learned about Maddie. Is he knows what buttons to push too. Oh my! He knows he knows it, and he'll he'll do it all the time. And that's what's so good about the interrupting is he knows it and annoys you. So that's why yeah. he keeps doing it. It's, he's very like, it's, it's good at it but it's not to a point where you're legit mad or anything it's just right, like right. i'm telling you but like way. i feel like he's got like i feel like he's got a good like you know he's got a you know good instinct about when he can and can't do it yes yeah yeah and, yeah i think he did it this week if i remember right um all right um B, uh, BA Cyclone. If Frank, if Frank Clark is cl- cut, it looks like we are projecting to have roughly $24 million in cap space for the offseason. How would you guys choose to spend that money this year, assuming no other moves are to get more cap? Um, well, I mean, if there's no other moves, that means, you know, uh, you know, it means that the, the Mahomes hasn't been restructured. That means, 
you know, Chris Jones hasn't been restructured. Um, I think you got to take care of Orlando Brown. Like I think I, I, I think Brett Veach has made that you know clear that that's their first and foremost priority. And I think that's the right move. If you only got $24 million in cap space though, you have to sign Orlando Brown to an extension because you have to have the cap space to accommodate the salary cap hit uh, for the franchise tag. So that actually expedites the process for the chiefs as far as their um, getting an Orlando Brown deal done. So you actually have to get one done so you can maintain a low cap hit uh, for this year to give you a little bit more flexibility to make some other moves. But I don't think, I mean, so that's priority one. Um, and you're really hoping you hit in the draft (laughs) because there's really not a ton of cap space outside of that. You're maybe doing some smaller moves like a, like a Melvin Ingram, probably bringing guys like Byron Pringle back if you only have that much cap space. But you know, I think there's small moves like that. Matt or uh, Tucker, did you have anything else? No, I don't really think so. I think it's one of those things where there's going to be a lot of cap manipulation this year with restructuring and, and 24 million isn't like a whole lot, but caps going up. And and I think that the, the restructures are going to be the biggest part of this. I think I tweeted something out at the beginning of the offseason. The Chiefs could have close to $100 million if they restructure everything possible, which like they won't restructure right. everything possible. But no. like um, it's it's just something fun to think about. They can they can get a pretty penny there still. Yeah. Uh, Tucker, you asked for no hard questions, and Zach Minerax came in underneath you and asked, what is yeah. the best way you can describe a substance going from a liquid to a solid form? <laughs> liquid to solid? That's that's not evaporation. That would be solid to... Wait, that's solid to gas. Um, <laughs> Explain. Listen, I'm, I'm waiting. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I meant to Google it before we hopped on this podcast because I knew that that question was coming. I forgot to Google it. Um, do you have better. the answer? Dude, you're like you six have years answer? removed from taking science classes. Like, come on. Dude, I skated through uh, what I, I think I took chemistry in college. Barely showed up to that class. I got a D in chemistry. I just got out of there. That's all I did was just get out of those gen ed classes so I could do the fun stuff, you know, like the, the Photoshop and stuff. That's what I, that's what I thrive for. It's like... I know there's a word for it, and it's just so frustrating. Isn't it? I, I'm, I, I'm I enjoying like watching you squirm right now so much. It's just like I'm going to sneaky Google it, but like I, we're on camera, so it's not like I can no. like, sneakily no. like, Google. This is, uh, that's, that's a weak answer. It's okay. You know what? We're going to leave it at that, and if you want to try to come up with a thoughtful answer, find him on Twitter or find him on TikTok at Pikachu Mixtape. All right, just... Just DRK is is Russell Gage an option for this team? Seems like an upgrade over Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson, but definitely has a ceiling as a low end two, solid three. Uh, is that worth the investment? Saying you know likely you know a, a five million dollar type contract. Um, yeah, I mean Russell Gage is kind of an interesting guy. He's a little bit on the small side, so he's kind of a thinner thinner guy, and so I don't know if he's really a direct replacement for a guy like Byron Pringle. A guy like, um, you know, a guy like Demarcus Robinson. He's more of a guy that you know can operate in the slot a little bit, somewhat as a Z. And those are areas that the Chiefs have some guys uh, and some redundancy to those skill sets. So, you know, it, I don't know if he's necessarily you know the right kind of fit um, for uh, for this football team. Um, Casey from Casey asks, which of these combine tight ends impressed you the most? So, I don't, Tucker, have you had a chance to watch any of these tight ends? There's a couple. No. Uh, there's a, t- a couple that impressed me. Have you had a chance to watch any of the tight ends yet from the combine? 
sadly, I have not been able to, but I know that there are some there's some dudes in this tight end class. Yes, it is a lot of guys. Uh, there, there's two off the top: Greg Dolchich out of UCLA. Um, the athletic profile is a little bit above average, which is good for him. Uh, but I think he's a guy that could really ascend. He, you know, he's he's bordering, and you know, I think Maddie. I don't know if Maddie has asked this publicly or not, but he's asking the question why he's not tied in one, tied in one. And honestly, I get it. I mean, I think his skill set as a pass catcher is really, really nice. It's versatile, a little bit more advanced. Um, and you know, I think he tested fine. But the guy that's blowing the combine up, and I cannot tell you how excited I am for this for this guy, Jelani Woods. The University of Virginia tight end started his career at Oklahoma State. Um, massive, massive human. He's having a fantastic pre-draft process. He helped himself immensely out uh, at the um, at the East West Shrine Bowl. Just did a great job. Uh, and then you know, getting to 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 kind of stack this you know athletic testing performance. You know, uh, two six seven two hundred sixty pounds is ridiculous. And getting to hear his story um i think you know it's why he does what he does you know he's got one brother with special needs you know he's got another brother whose career was cut short what a cool guy you know what a what a cool guy i'm certainly rooting for him and and he's had a fantastic process he really has uh all right well that is going to do it for 21 questions thank you so much to our subscribers for asking some wonderful questions we really appreciate you uh and you know check out everything going on at kc sports neck we got a lot and uh yeah thank you we'll catch you later everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.